0: Back then, she helped Jack block out the disturbing influence that threatened his sanity. But six months ago, in her desperation to rescue their eight-year-old son, Robbie, Janet had begged Jack to unleash that alien presence once more, knowing the risks. Janet swallowed hard and said what she didn't want to. Go on. In the excruciating half hour that followed, as she listened to what Jack had to tell her, Janet's dread found its source. Deep inside the abandoned New Zealand gold mine that he and Heather had transformed into their secret compound, Mark Smythe watched as an army of robots worked on expansion. He glanced over at Heather, who stood beside him on the platform overlooking the central manufacturing hub. At twenty-seven, his wife was more beautiful than ever, radiating power in a way that he found incredibly sexy. If anyone could save the world from the Kassari invaders that would soon come through the gateway that the United Federation of Nation States was building, it was his beautiful savant. To think how far they'd come from the little Los Alamos, New Mexico, bedroom community of White Rock, where they'd grown up next door to each other and been best friends long before they were lovers. Their life had been low-key, comfortable, blown sky-high when they had stumbled onto the crashed Altrian starship and put on the alien headsets. Not only had the devices linked their minds to the starship's computer, revealing the intergalactic warfare between the Altrians and the Kasari Collective, but the three headbands had altered Mark, Heather, and Jennifer in different ways. A year and a half later, Jack and Janet's baby, Robbie, accidentally slipped the fourth of the Altrian headsets over his temples and underwent a similar transformation. As Mark looked at his wife, He knew that he wouldn't have chosen a different path, despite the horrors they had been through. He redirected his gaze across the 30,000 square foot room that they had hollowed out of the bedrock a mile beneath New Zealand's Tasman district. What was happening inside the facility had never before been achieved on Earth. They had created this broad variety of robots from Heather's designs. They weren't artificially intelligent, but could be remotely controlled through virtual reality headsets. And whatever task the operator performed using the robot's body, the robot learned. Not just that robot, either. The knowledge was uploaded to the supercomputer network, where it could then be downloaded to other robots. During the last several years, the automatons had learned to build and operate everything within the compound, including the manufacture of new robots. Since Mark and Heather had returned to their New Zealand compound, accompanied by Jack, Janet, and Robbie, the pace of construction had reached an exponential tipping point. The automated systems now only needed new tasks to perform, something that Heather excelled at doling out. And as she did so, the designs produced by her augmented savant mind grew more and more advanced. Once finished, the room would house 16 large-scale additive manufacturing machines, also known as 3D printers, capable of producing the next generation of devices and components needed for the fight that they both knew was coming. Among her latest innovations, Heather had designed a series of microbots that weren't quite self-organizing nanomaterials, but perhaps the next best thing. Swarms of these mite-sized bots could be directed to create or modify electrical channels down to the circuit board level. The microbots could cut through insulation or interconnect to create new conductive paths, adding an enormously useful capability to Heather's growing robotic manufacturing toolkit. While the rapidly increasing power demands would have placed a strain on the original pair of cold fusion reactors, the redundant array of matter disruptor synthesizers, or MDSs, barely noticed the load. Considering the pace at which Heather's plans were coming to fruition, that was a good thing. The warble of Heather's quantum entangled phone brought Mark's mind back to the present. Seeing her smile fade, Mark felt concern replace the satisfaction he'd experienced only moments before. She hung up and turned to him, raising her voice to be heard above the clamor of ongoing construction. Janet wants us topside right away. Something's going on with Jack. From her tone, it's not good. For a moment, Heather's eyes turned milky white, as they often did when one of her savant visions consumed her. That didn't surprise him, but he was taken aback when she broke into a run toward the elevator. Mark, making use of his augmented speed, sprinted after her, reaching her side just as she pressed the call button. The elevator door whisked open, and they stepped inside the waiting car. The space was industrial-sized.